Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the Freedman Podcast, the week starting Monday, October 26th. Something different this week, we're going to deep dive into the US federal election, and we are going to officially introduce you to our Osmerican, our US correspondent, Brian Carey, and talk to him about all things politics and really get a good gauge of what's happening in his country right now. Um, We just thought that given everything in the world right now, um, and that this is a podcast which is a a virtual beer garden where we would be sitting around talking about politics, including the US election, we thought that it would be the best time to officially introduce our friend in the US who will be a regular part of this podcast, given it is such a monumentous uh, week coming up or weeks coming up. So this is the part one special. Um, We will follow up in uh, two weeks' time um, after the election is at least after the voting is completed. We don't know if the election will be resulted by then, but we certainly want to check in with Brian again and see what's happening over there after all is said and done. But for now, uh, we invite you to sit back, relax, and enjoy this uh, special, the American special, the Freedman podcast presents American special part one, the US election, and also some fun things at the end. So stick around. Cheers, guys. So welcome to our special, our part one two of two part series, the Oz Americans special. Um, we are about to introduce to you our uh, Oz American correspondent, Brian Carey. Um, he's in Sacramento, California, and he's, he's going to tell us a little bit more about himself before we get into our deeper conversation. Um, just to quickly set the scene, um, this sort of segment and, and especially this, this topic, this special came up. Because we really do, uh, well, particularly Phil and I, really do love the USA so much. I don't know about you, Ads. I'm a fan. You can. It's all right. It's not how I went to Albania for my honeymoon, so maybe you shouldn't be asking me (laughs) for travel tips. (laughs) I spent years of my life resisting the allure of the US. Oh, you know, Europe's much better, all of that. And then I had my first trip into the US and I'm like, oh, man, this this (laughs) is the good stuff. Get in. Get everything I like, but a little bit bigger than usual. Exactly. Exactly that. I think what uh, I think what I've always loved about America is it's a country of extremes. You know, it's uh, mm-hmm. it has. I mean, when you think about it, it has in so many different ways. It has honestly the the wealth we talked about. Um, you know, Bezos not too long ago about his wealth. Yeah. It has incredible wealth. It's also though got just incredible poverty. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. got some of the finest you know universities and institutions. You know, world leading institutions in the world. But it also has a how do I say? Uh, the opposite of that to a degree an intelligence I mean, problem let's, yeah. let's just go ahead and say there's 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 some dumbness there's some it feels like there's some dumbness we're not yeah. we're not immune to this in australia we're not uh, we're not showboating here but my word and i'd say americans would agree with that yes. the americans we know yeah, would agree yeah, with that yeah. um and, but also you know with that extremeness just comes you know you go there and you can just have the most amazing time they have they're blessed to have a geography that is so varied and yeah, so yeah, incredible yeah. and they have experiences you know 
only in America could a place like Disneyland, you know, and all of that just come to life and Universal Studios and all yeah. those places yeah. and just, you know, you go and watch sports in America and it's a spectacle like no other. So I think a big part of this segment is because, you know, we do love the state so much, but we see a huge change happening there. Um, and we want to hear from the horse's mouth. And, uh, you know, Brian is someone that I've worked with for uh, over 10 years. Uh, and uh, Phil has to a degree as well. So uh, I believe he is on the same wavelength as us. He's our brother from another mother. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, and I think with that, I think I'm going to introduce, well, I'll hand it over to you, Brian, and tell us a little bit more about yourself, mate. My brother's down under. Did you just call me a horse? Just out of curiosity. I thought I caught that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, way to lead in with an insult. I'm, I'm all in now. <laughs> a horse is an extremely noble creature, Brian. I don't yes. know what you're yeah. talking about. Remember, <laughs> we, we, we shut down for a day just because of a horse race here. So, yeah, it's a big honor. <laughs> all right. We'll let that, we'll let that slide. Well, thanks for the invite to the podcast. I'm excited to be here with my brothers down under. Uh, it's been a minute since we all connected, so this is great. Um, but yeah, two kids married, Sacramento, California, capital of this great state of ours. Uh, happy to be in my little blue bubble here, especially with all the madness of the of the politics going on. And I'm sure we'll dive into that. But um, yeah, that's that's it, man. That's me in a nutshell. And is your blue bubble still on fire? Well, Any that's a good gender question. reveals lately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, those poor people. So, quick backstory: those those folks, like when that fire started, not to defend what they did because it was dumb as shit, but yeah. they did everything they could to stop that fire from spreading. And when they couldn't stop it themselves, they called the authorities immediately. But as it happens in California, it just takes one spark, and oh. the whole state is on fire. So. Just for a little backstory, in California this year, five of, I believe it's five of the six greatest California fires were all burning this year. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, always wanting to be number one. We re-up uh, <laughs> ourselves every year. We're like, oh, that was a good fire, but wait till you see this one. We can up that. Yeah. I, I, I had just wondered whether Trump was so keen to turn that blue state red that he literally lit it on fire. Oh, oh I see. Perhaps the, uh, you know, the, perhaps the uh, the gender reveal was just a, was just a, a fake smoke. Brian, that's burning down post boxes at the time that were collecting ballots. <laughs> that's the kind of mentality Phil brings to this podcast, Brian. <laughs> well, you know, apparently we are not raking our forests enough, and that's why this keeps happening. So, um, you know, we're trying to get on it. Unfortunately, most of our forests fall under federal land. So when he's out there saying that we're not doing a good job, it's really like, no, sir, you're not doing a good job. Oh, all right. Yeah. Well, that's also the argument that the world is getting a lot hotter, right? I mean, that. I oh, think, oh, I, I heard that. I don't, know, I don't know what you're talking about, Tristan. It's another That's big lie. topic being conveniently ignored. <laughs> <laughs> so, Brian, let's we, just um, go right in. Air conditioning's on in here. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a little, it's a little hot in here. That's right. It's been a very hot spring. <laughs> so, Brian, we um, we let's 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 sort of kick into it. We, you know, I think the whole point of this is really to get a view from you and to have a, a dialogue because you know you've you've mentioned to me that. You know, you have friends who have political leanings that you don't agree with, and we're obviously seeing a lot of uh, America and the American uh, American society, American politics, obviously in our own media here, it's kind of taken over everything like we live there. Um, so just before we go into some more specific questions, uh, maybe your view on what is, if there was a temperature gauge with what's going on in America right now, how do you sort of feel about your country just as, as, a, as a general statement? Yeah, I don't think there is a temperature gauge to... to really get to where we're at uh 
we're on fire, literally and figuratively. Uh, the country is in a bad way. Um, I've never seen it like this in my entire life. And as you mentioned, I mean, we are divided. Um, it's sad. Um, it's sad because at the end of the day, we are still Americans and we all bleed red and we all have the same desires for our families and for our futures and whatnot. Uh, but we're at this place now where you know, up is down and down is up and left is right. Um, and if you say anything different, uh, someone screams fake news and um, it's just crazy. I have never seen it like this. I, I hope once we get Trump out of office, we never see it like this again. Um, you know, people aren't talking to their families. And now, you know, families have been divided politically for a long time. We've, we are a mostly left-leaning family, but we have some folks that have married into the family that are more right-leaning, and we all found a way to get along, because at the end of the day, politics are just politics. It doesn't affect us as a family. Um, but everybody was able to discuss it, and most of my friends and I have been able to just agree to disagree and laugh about it <clears throat> and, you know, say, I still love you. You're an idiot, but I love you. Yeah. yeah. And uh, this is just next level, man. This is um, folks, you know, lifelong friends that, you know, I think most people, you know, whatever side you're on, um, see it as, I, I can just speak from my side. I mean, most folks on that are left-leaning, even left-leaning moderates don't see it as a political issue. They see it as right and wrong. You know, mm. how we should be treating each other, how we should be treating immigrants, how we should be addressing white supremacy. That's um, just way beyond just your, your political view. It's really just about who you are and how you believe others should be treated. It's become a black and white. It's become, it's become more polarized. And we did, we talked about the social dilemma uh, last week and we reviewed that. And, and I think a big part of it is we're just seeing the black and whiteness of society versus gray. Um, and I suppose, you know, leading on to that, and I'm just going to lead into a question, in your opinion, why is Trump as popular as he is? Well, he's a showman. He always has been a showman. Um, and he's a con man. You know, he, he goes up and he tells his lies and he rallies his crowd and they believe everything that he says to him because he's conditioned them to believe that anything to the opposite or anything negative is fake. And, uh, you know, he's, look at who he is. He's been a con man his whole life. Um, if you look at his business practices, and one of the reasons why people voted him in is they said, well, he's not a politician, he's a businessman, and look how great he's he's done. But when you dig further into his business records, he's never been a great businessman. I mean, he, he bankrupted casinos. I mean, casinos yeah. are, that's a cash cow. That's is, impressive. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that <laughs> takes work. Yeah. <laughs> you, you call him lazy, but he had to work to bankrupt a casino. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, bankruptcies in business are, are not unusual. It happens all the time, but I believe he has like six. You know, it just, and it's all in other people's money. Um, there's story after story about how many people he hosed on the way up. And it's just, it's all out there for people that are willing to believe it. Um, but the folks that just want to dig their heels in and, and, you know, stick their head in the sand and say, nope, 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 he's our president. And um, as we were kind of discussing before we went on, the greatest and, you know, as, as, as sad as it is, the greatest thing that his campaign did was he shaped the whole campaign up to be us versus them. I mean, it was divisive from the very beginning. He never even pretended to be a president for all people. He came in pandering to his base and just made it, you know, get on the Trump train. You guys are going to win so much. You, you, I think you said your head will spin. And, and he took a segment of the population that had traditionally never had anything, had never been considered in the win column. And he made them feel like winners because they got on board with what he was selling and he won. And 
And now it's just become like this cult behavior. Um, so it doesn't matter what he did. He famously said he could shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue and his ratings will go up. Yeah. And I mean, and we all went, oh God, he's done now. You can't say that. He's done. Yeah. And nope. nope, he is nope. the Teflon Don, man. Everything just slides right off because you've got a Congress that won't hold his feet to the fire for anything. Uh, there's no checks and balances. He's just run amok and they just keep signing off on everything that he does. And you've got people that will swim through a, a lake infested with alligators to vote for him uh, yeah. for no particular reason. They well, just, that's, that's they love him. Poor question for me that comes up for me in this is that there's been four years of him yeah. now and looking at it from the outside, it seems to me that he mm -hmm. hasn't delivered a win for these people who, who he relied on in the first place. The I mean, first place I was thinking of going to, I, yeah. I understand that you can be hoodwinked yeah. with the, the yeah. Yeah, four years ago, but yeah. you've seen four years of the country just getting weaker, of this guy, you know, clearly lying, yeah. making things up. You've just had the situation with COVID where now 220,000 citizens have lost their lives because of his ineptitude in handling that. Why does he still have the following? People, not enough people can be that dumb. Not the whole half of the country is that dumb to still be hoodwinked by this guy. And, and I guess within that question too is, did he deliver a win for some of them? You know, he talks about he talks about his economic policies and bullying China, but does that flow through in any way to jobs and whatnot for the people who were desperate enough to vote for him yeah, in the first place? Yeah, Brian, that, that's that's sort of, I, I, and I do yeah. want to sort of make sure we sort of try and stay as balanced here. I think, you know, yeah. we've all got our own political leanings, but mm. I suppose with everything we see, the ridicule that he gets in the international and he yeah. does get ridiculed yeah. and if you're one of yeah. brian's friends and you don't understand an international perspective of this man i can tell you it's not good but um i guess you know the question is like is there actually some good happening is yeah. there a good that we're not yes. seeing or we're being blinded by the media in your opinion brian yeah well, it depends on who you ask so i will say there's a couple things that he did that were they were fairly well i mean he uh, fairly well received, I should say. He did attack like the prison industrial con complex and he did uh, try to make some reform there, um, which is a big problem. I mean, we have for-profit prison here, which was the biggest mistake we've ever made. One of them, um, you know, paying people to lock people up is, is an issue. Um, and so he started the talks about that. And so some folks will see that as a win. Um, but a lot of the quote unquote wins that he had um, are you know really dependent on who you talk to because people on the right will say, well, he rebuilt a bunch of the fencing that you know separated us from Mexico, and that was a promise that he that he had made. Well, the reality is he didn't actually build a whole bunch of new fence. He replaced a whole bunch of old fence, and now I think he has maybe a hundred miles of new fence that he's put up or whatever that number is. But that's only if you believe that there really is a problem with immigration. And if you see immigrants as the as a as a problem for America, because if you do, then you'll see that as a win. If you don't, then you'll see that as just wasted money for a stupid campaign promise that was always anti-immigrant. <clears throat> yeah. As far as some of the other stuff he did, you know, he reformed our tax bill. Um, again, depends on who you talk to. Some people got more money back. I can tell you that we've never paid more in our taxes ever. Um, so if you are part of the middle class or upper middle class, you probably got hosed. If you're already in a high tax state like California or New York or some others, you're probably really feeling it um, in not a good way. So again, depends on who you talk to. Um, as far as yeah, just the trade wars, you know, if you talk to somebody on the right, they say, well, yeah, he stuck it to China and he, you know, 
made China his bitch. You know, that's the way they like to talk and whatnot. Um, but not really, because who really paid for that? It was the American farmers. And so the American farmers were bailed out with a subsidy uh, from the American taxpayers. So was that really a win? Uh, because we paid for that. Yeah, I feel like sometimes when I, especially people here in Australia, when I speak to people who show, you know, support of Trump, it usually leans towards, um, finan- you know, at, at some point, I suppose before COVID, it was the markets, you know, stock market, which I think we all agree, we, none of us really understand how that works. Um, <laughs> but, you know, markets were up. And I, but I think, I think, I think the world, I think America, I think those people that there's a conscious part missing, like, at what cost, you know, like there's an environmental cost there. There's a, you know, okay, he's, he's, you know, kind of a man of, he kind of just does what he wants. And and, and sometimes that's maybe a, a fresh look in politics, but it came with, you know, r- racial connotations. It came with levels of sexism that we really should never, ever sort of accept in the, you know, really supposed to be the leader of the free world. Yeah, yeah. And we seem to, as a society, have just dropped our morals there because of, maybe, you know, the tax dollar or the stock market, you know, that's where the, any benefit I see is is sort of almost offset. Offset. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. By, by some kind of social loss. Yeah, essentially. By a social loss. Correct. Yeah. I don't see right. the benefits here. Right. And the stock market, you know, to be clear, was well on its way up. I mean, the, he was already on an upward trending tra- trajectory with the stock market. And that was thanks to Obama. Obama handed him a booming economy and he just he didn't have to do anything to take it and, and keep it on it on that path. But even when you go back to, say, the stock market, the stock market, when it goes up, it's great for people that are invested. But you, when you look at the country and you look at the, the wealth gap, uh, there's a good part of the country that is not invested in stocks. They might have a 401k through their work, and that's the extent of it. So when the stock market does well, it's great for the upper crust, uh, the top, you know, whatever percent of the country that's actively investing and seeing their money grow there. Uh, but for most of the country outside of their 401k, they have no stocks. They can't even afford that shit. So, again, it goes back to, you know, who, who are you asking? Yeah, I heard a quote once that said, when the stock market goes up, rich people make a lot of money. And when the stock market goes down, poor people lose their jobs because, you know, the rich people have got to make that money back somehow. And they do that by cutting out jobs and and things like that. So I understand what you're saying, that there's a huge part of America that doesn't have any kind of interest or any kind of investment in the stock market. So it's not for them. Uh, One thing I find very interesting when it comes to voting in America is this idea of like, it's a one issue vote where it's like, I'm going to vote on whoever supports banning abortion or I'm going to vote on whoever supports uh, giving me as many gun rights as I can have. And that's all they care about. And everything else can fall by the wayside if they're just a one issue voter. Do you see that a bit in California or in America in general? In America, yes, absolutely. And that's a really good point. Um, You can talk to, so when we go back to the question of, you know, why people like Trump, you will talk to a lot of people. And I've I've had these conversations with people I I genuinely respect and and I care for. And I would say to them, you know, you are a real Christian. You are, you walk the walk, you talk the talk. How could you possibly stand behind a man who just goes against all the ideals of Christianity? He is the opposite of everything you believe. And I've had more than a few people tell me, well, yeah, don't get me wrong. I wouldn't have him over for dinner. I don't like the man, but I do like that he is against abortion. And that is a big thing for me. That is, you know, the foundation of my belief. And if he is against it, then, then I'm for him. And so they're willing to bypass all the other things, yeah. all the very not Christian things that he says and that he does 
because he sold them on this belief that he's anti-abortion and that he's this big Christian. Now, you know, keep in mind, we've never seen him in church his entire life. Uh, you know, that he makes this whole thing about standing in front of the church and holding the Bible and he holds it so awkwardly and it just looks so <laughs> foreign in his hand is like, what is yeah. this thing with all these words that I don't understand? And he, you know, <laughs> misquotes scripture and he does everything to Did let you, you know. Interview where he was What's your favorite yeah. book? He's like, they're all, all, all of them. All of them. All of them. Yeah. Yeah. They're all great. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Out of the deal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> except, except for maybe Hillary Clinton's biography. Um, but just, Such an idiot. <laughs> to zero in specifically, and, and like there's, there's been a thousand op-ed pieces about exactly what it was that swung the, the, the first election in favour of Trump. But if I looked at my instincts and the fact that you know, most people for the most part are, you know, self-interested, they're looking out for themselves and that mm. this thing tipped on the rust belt, it, it, it tipped on these states that have always been Democrat that have had a lot yeah. of working class people who are all out of work now, yeah. thanks to the policies that Democrats implemented in the 90s, which were all about, you know, bringing in, what is it, NAFTA and things like that, and, and essentially moving all those jobs overseas. Um, and so essentially, it seemed to me that it all tipped on a bunch of people who used to have hope and now have none, yeah. who hoped he would do something, but on some level just wanted to turn the system upside down turn and burn it. Yeah, like it yeah absolutely. Fuck and, this. Yeah. and so to zero in on that particular section, has Trump done anything for them specifically? Um, or do you think there's a good chance they might turn against him? Are they still waiting? Are they still waiting? Yeah. And if so, They're still waiting. that might, that might yeah. pivot back if Biden has addressed them correctly. If you look back at his campaign promises, he campaigned on a lot of the same old bullshit. Like we're bringing back coal. Like, oh, great. Coal. Perfect. <laughs> oh, That's going to yes. save America. <clears throat> That's... <laughs> You know, so there was a lot of jokes like we're bringing back. Let's get children working again. <laughs> we're gonna bring back Blockbuster and and video. <laughs> we're gonna go back to when America was great. I support uh, that actually. Yeah, yeah. bring yeah. back. I mean, you know, not hating on Blockbuster. Um, <laughs> but if you look at his campaign promises, he basically, depending on who he was talking to, and, and this is just a, a you know politician thing. I'm not saying that he's the only person that does this, but um, if he's in a coal mining town, he's going to talk about bringing back coal. And if he's in an automotive town, he's going to talk about bringing back uh, manufacturing to America. Yeah. And it's just all promises. Um, it's just so none of it has, has none of it landed. There hasn't been any shift of investment into manufacturing, you know, within any of those states. There might have been some. I mean, there was talks about how a uh, company, I can't remember who it was. Uh, I'd have to look it up. But there was a company that said that they weren't going to move their operations uh, to Mexico after speaking with him. And then that was a big, you know, news flash and everybody was talking about it. And then they ended up moving it anyway. So <laughs> there was just a bunch of that type of shit, just a bunch of fuckery. Um, I don't know how else yeah. to describe it. Um, but I will say this. I mean, if you if we go back to 2016 and look at the environment that we had, we had um, coming off of, you know, eight years of Obama and the country was definitely heading in the right direction. I mean, Obama inherited a shit show of, of epic proportions. If you look back at the economy and we're on the a brink of a massive depression and, you know, car manufacturers are going under, the banks are going under. Um, it was absolutely a dark, dark day in America. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he was able to bring all that back. And so there was a lot of that going on. And then, so here we go. Um, obviously, we still weren't where we needed to be. 
but you have this new option. Here's this newcomer who's this big celebrity who's got this, you know, very popular television show who people see as a successful businessman. And he throws his name in the ring and says, oh, I'm going to give it a go. Now, this was not the first time he did this. I don't know if you guys know that, but in 2008, yeah, he made a run in 2008. And that's when he launched the whole birther conspiracy saying that Obama wasn't. Uh, oh, he was Kenyan, uh, right? Yeah, saying he wasn't an American. And I mean, you want to talk about racist bullshit, but we'll push that aside for a minute. And then he dipped out. He he bailed on that one. But then he came back again and, and tried it again against what I think he perceived as a weaker candidate. There is no question that Hillary Clinton was a flawed candidate. I think even on the left, we knew, okay, eh, I would like to see somebody else, but this is who we have. A lot of people loved her. Um, the way I see it is, if Clinton would have got an office, we would have probably seen more of the same. Like we may have made some progress in some areas, uh, but I think we would have held the line more than anything um, versus this massive drop off into the abyss that we've had under, you know, three and three quarters years of, of Trump. But there was the Russian interference. There was an unbelievable amount of false information flying around. There's all this crap about, uh, child pornography and abductions and this pizza oh, the pizza gate oh my god that, yeah. pizza gate and how the clintons are involved in that and and it was just every single day you're getting hit with something else and so now if you're joe american and you're looking at all this and you're going well i can't you know i can't ride with her that's just everything i'm hearing is just horrible and her emails her emails you know it's just like this yeah all this bullshit and then you got trump who's like i'm not a politician i'm going to drain the swamp i don't need the money i don't you know i'm just going to come in and go to work and i I love my personal favorite was when he used to bash obama for golfing and says if i was president i wouldn't have time to golf i'd just be working that fool has golfed more in his time than obama in his entire eight years any other president okay don't mock that because quite frankly if i was a president (laughs) i would do exactly you just lost my vote man <laughs> and, and golf, golf is a bit of a heated topic yeah, on this it podcast. Is. It um, is. I'm, I stand alone as the one who's like, eh. <laughs> Brian, Although I do like Bryson DeChambeau. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Brian, happy Gilmore, baby. We, um, when I was to go back to sort of this, and I think what's, I think in the US, unlike here in Australia, a lot of, um, a lot of, uh, I think you know, I guess affection towards a political party is individualized, like. Barack, you know, almost, you know, these, you know, the, the political leaders are put it up as hero- heroes in a way, yes, you yes. know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yes, if someone, you know, if it's not so much about the party as much as it is about the individual. Mm, yeah. Here, I feel like yeah. I don't really give a toss. Like Scott, Scott Morrison's our prime minister. ScoMo, we call him. Yeah. He goes to the footy. He's he has a bit a of a disappointment. But they all are. And honestly, there's no point us getting attached to a leader no. at any point anyway, because they rarely last more than 18 like, months. If so. we did rallies, like you guys have rallies in uh, in, in the States, like we on election night, they usually fill up a, a, a hotel room yeah. with a hotel conference room. With, <laughs> well, that, just, just a hell of a hotel room, room. <laughs> not even a conference room. Sorry. Yeah. There's six people. It's who not even a suite. It's a one bed. I stand corrected. It's a hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like okay cool um but i think you know it is individualized and, and going back to 2016 when it was hillary uh v uh donald trump and i had family i was overseas and we had a big conversation this was just in a couple of months leading into the election and i had uh family who were i guess were well, definitely 
not extreme left, but much more leaning to the left. They were Bernie Sanders supporters. And because of the email situation, because of a bunch of things which in Australia we just wouldn't really care too much yeah. about, they weren't right. going to vote for Hillary Clinton. I'm not saying they weren't going to vote for Donald Trump. They were going to vote for Donald Trump, but they weren't going to vote for Hillary Clinton. And I sat in a taxi uh, with these guys. They're from Chicago. And I said, but if you don't vote, you know Trump could get in. You're so anti-Trump. It's like, yeah, I know, but I just can't vote for Hillary. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, yeah. they all thought like, you know, well, you know, I'm going to protest by not voting. I'm going to yeah. sit this one out. I'm going to yeah. sit this yeah. one yeah. out. Congratulations. Yeah. You just ushered him right in. And you also brought up another point that I didn't touch on, but the whole situation with Bernie Sanders, there was a whole faction of Americans that were Bernie or bust. And if Bernie doesn't get in, then fuck it, we're not voting. And, you know, and I think it, I'm not even going to say in their defense, because I'm not going to defend them. What they did is, is indefensible. But uh, by sitting it out, they probably thought Hillary's got it in the bag. I'm not going to yeah. vote for her. There's no way that Trump's going to win. But those non-votes were basically votes for Trump. Yeah, yeah we, uh, Adam and I actually subscribe to a, a very detailed uh, political so, sort of temperature gauge. Yeah. yeah, it's called sports bet. <laughs> and uh, they had, um, they had uh, only the deepest expert knowledge involved. <laughs> the biggest thinkers. It's basically a think tank. I'm, I'm honestly surprised it took this long to bring up the betting markets. <laughs> carry on, carry I think, on. No, I, I'm pretty sure like Hillary Clinton was a dollar ten. Yeah. Going yeah. into like that election, do you think Brian that it's different this year? Do you? Because obviously Bernie Sanders, there was a lot of talk that he could actually be leading you know and, and i was saying this with my family like last week you know that because people are saying who would ever want to be a politician and it's like those truly special politicians the ones that inspire and regardless of whether you were for or against barack obama you cannot argue that he was not an inspiration and was a uh, for those who were inspired by him and was a you know a cut above you know those people rarely come about and i feel like even though bernie sanders doesn't necessarily have the same or is that he certainly as is, is yeah. someone who is probably a champion for change do you feel like this year is different do you feel like those who were in the bernie corner are gonna make sure at least that their vote goes towards not trump yeah absolutely well i'm hopeful um you know there's joe biden wasn't my guy um i was a big Buttigieg fan and there was a couple other people that I thought could do really well uh, but I also knew that there was reasons why they just weren't going to go through and that was disappointing. I think enough people now have seen over the last three and a half years how bad it can get and they don't want to see it go any further so yeah. I'm hoping that you know the experience that we've seen here and you know what happens when you sit it out will be enough for them to stand up and we're already kind of seeing it like voting is way up. Um, I want to say something like 6 million Americans didn't vote last time. I'd have to double check that number, but it was an obscene amount of people that just did not show up. And I know that this year, uh, voting numbers are for mail-in voting are way up. So like a hundred times what they were this time last year. I remember reading it's, that. It's something, it's something big. Um, yeah. So people are fired up, but you, you know, keep in mind that's both sides. So that's, you know- And it's also during the time of a pandemic where, yeah. you know- sure. Um, your listen, we, we won't go into your whole voting system because I think you know that's got its own that could last an hour. That as could well, be a whole right? other episode, yeah. Um, so okay, I you know, from what I can gather, I don't think the Democrats are this are necessarily the full solution here, they're just almost like a, a fight, a, you know, it's like a stop, 
It's a band-aid. to myself as you referred to Joe Biden as not Trump and contemplating <laughs> that if they listed him not as Biden but as not Trump on the ticket, yeah. he might be better. Oh, no, there's, there's a whole campaign that says Biden sucks, vote Biden. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's it's, it's, it's not that we think he's going to be the be-all, end-all. I think, um, you know, my wife talks about it often when she says, you know, it's kind of sad because he's older now and he's not as sharp as he used to be. And he used to be, you know, sharp as a whip or yeah. sharp as a tack. Um, and, you know, he's, it's just, he's older. I mean, damn, I don't remember what I had for lunch yesterday. Don't get me started. What I can't fault him for forgetting things. But I think enough people now see it as we just cannot have this man. So even if we have Biden for four years and we you know, push somebody else through in four years, it's just stop the, the blood flow. Like, it's not great, right, but we can't, we can't sell our soul yes. anymore. Right, you know, we're exactly. trying to get off the carousel, yeah. guys. Well, we, just like anyone else will do right now. We here at the podcast yeah. are referring to him as Weekend at Biden's. Or maybe that's just <laughs> me. But um, <laughs> we seem to be propping him up with a couple of sticks. Right? <laughs> and, and that's really... You know, the, the question underneath that for me is, you know, when you look at the choice of Hillary Clinton four years ago, when you look at the choice of Joe Biden now, when you had other candidates, you had Mayor Pete, you had um, Tulsi Gabbard looked really good. Yang and looked good. Personally, I loved Andrew Yang. Yeah. yeah. Um, and all of those. So there's all these young, energetic people trying to make their way up and they just got blocked by the system. And so I guess the fundamental question I'm asking is, are the Democrats to blame for all of this? by giving such rubbish counter options. No, you know, the two party system is another big topic here in America. And I am firmly against the two party system, but I don't see a way out of it. And that's that's the hard part. Um, We have debated this back and forth. Um, There's a a couple things at play and you guys hit on it a little bit earlier when you're talking about what type of person runs to be president. And you said, you know, they have to be, you know whatever words you use. The one thing that you didn't see say is that they have to have a massive ego um and you really do i mean you have to have an ego the size of california to think that you can take this on um and not necessarily in a bad way but when you think about the type of person that runs for political office and why we don't have better candidates you know consider it this way so if you tristan are a very successful businessman you've made millions and millions of dollars and you've done some amazing things and you're you're highly revered in your profession and as a person and as a businessman you got all these things going on this is a purely hypothetical (laughs) purely (laughs) hypothetical obviously (laughs) when i say tristan it's in parentheses (laughs) quotations tristan Tristan. Tristan, Tristan, if you're a good looking guy (laughs) scent that is admirable and admire you imagine you but like way way better Yeah. So, so you got all this going on for you. Why on earth, if it wasn't for your ego, would you say, I am going to go ahead, put my name in here and just sit back and let the opposition tear me to shreds and dig up every bone in my closet and every dirty deed I ever did and put it on full display. Who's going to do that? You know what? That's a hundred percent. And when you think about it, that's probably what, you know, Donald Trump is president because he just sort of said, well, what the fuck else am I going to do? Yeah. yeah, right, right. The show can only last for so long. Um, you know, he needed a shit. I mean, a, a worst case scenario, he has like security for life, which is probably good for him because a lot of people hate his ass. But, he, you know, he had uh, probably a lot of really good reasons to protect himself by making a run for it. So yeah. 
that's the type of person, I mean, if you didn't come up in the system and I'll get, you know, Joe Biden has, you know, been in the system for a really long time. And so it's a natural progression and there's others that'll come up behind him. Uh, but as far as the best and the brightest, we'll never have that because of this horribly wretched, dirty game that we play in politics. It's horrible. I mean, you see the stuff coming out on people like, oh man, you didn't have to do them like that. You know, like you didn't yeah, have to man. talk about that. And then- <laughs> On the other side of things, you've got the whole like it's just so lopsided. If you're a you know Green Party candidate or if you're a third party candidate, you know, whatever, you you don't want to be a Dem or a Republican, you just want to come in and be you, well, you're gonna get smoked because all the money is going to the other two parties. And so, you know, my this is my let's just throw this shit at the wall and see if it sticks is I've always thought like, instead of individual contributions to a particular party or candidate, any contributions that go in just get divvied up against uh, amongst everybody running. Now, I don't know how realistic mm-hmm. that is because what if 500 people run um, and then they all get a piece of the pie. So there's probably a lot of holes in it, but just trying to come up with a way that would level the playing field for somebody like you know Buttigieg or Andrew Yang or anybody else that wanted to run and just could not compete with the big boys when it came to those donations. I mean, I think, getting rid of, you know, political action committees or PACs or whatever they're called. Uh, that's a step. And, you know, I think there's just, there's a lot of fuckery going on with the donations as well. Yeah. So. Donations don't make any sense to me as an Australian. I can imagine if a representative from Scott Morrison's office called me on my mobile one day and said, would you like to <laughs> pledge a hundred dollars towards Scott Morrison's next campaign? I would laugh him off the line and then block the call forever. I don't understand get those calls over there in the US when you've got billionaires, literal billionaires running for office, that they're able to make a call to some guy as a student who's like, yeah, well, I've got 15 bucks. It's going to last me at the end of the week, but I'll kick in 10 to you. You can get my, <laughs> my kind of guy. What, are you ask your abortion? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Take my money. <laughs> Take my money. Yeah, it's, there's so many problems with it. I mean, at the end of the day, I, I, what I really hope will come out of this is that we get Trump out of office first and foremost, and then we just let the dust settle for a second. And I don't think that that's actually going to happen. I think it's going to get really bad. I think, um, sadly, no matter yeah. who wins, the country's definitely going to burn. And then Brian, once- what do you, what, what, I mean, sorry, sorry to interrupt there, but I mean, looking at election day and, and uh, you know, we briefly talked about, do you actually, do you, I mean, one thing is violence and not coming. I mean, do you feel a fear of potential civil war in your country right now, which some publications here are talking about? Do you see it as extreme as that? I wish I could say I could rule it out, but I can't. I mean, I really hope it doesn't get that bad. I think that a lot of people are going to be butthurt one way or the other, um, but it's just, you don't know. You don't know. You've got half the country arming themselves to the teeth, buying every gun under the sun and, and, yeah. and stockpiles of ammunition. And um, I have no doubt that Trump will incite violence on his way out if he does get voted out. Um, he likes to he likes to stand by and hand out matches and gasoline, but then turn around and say, I didn't start the fire. Yeah. Um, you know, when you run a campaign based on so much fear in the other party, you've got to expect some kind of repercussions when that person gets in. Because you've been telling all of yeah. your followers that these guys are they're going to make life awful for you. Yeah. Uh, so when they do get in, then what are you going to what are you going to expect out of these guys? Yeah. Yeah, but see, you're assuming that people are actually paying attention and using their <laughs> fucking brain. Um, if you if if that was the case, then all of his ads that showed all the rioting and all the looting and all the burning of buildings and you know with the tagline that saying this will be America if Joe Biden wins. 
failed to now. Yeah, this is America now. This is America under Trump. And they failed to address that. And people would watch that and be like, oh, shit, you know, just fear. Let's preach that fear. Um, but, you know, they don't put two and two together and go, oh, wait a minute, that is all happening under the Trump administration. So this is actually Trump's America. So, I mean, that's that is the kind of stupidity we're dealing with here. Yeah. So um, people are people are actually you, you say that like gun sales or gun stores are actually selling out of stock. Oh, there's lines out the gun store, um, out the door every day. Wow. Yeah. I drove by one wow. the other day and the line was all the way down the, the length of the building. I love that you can just drive past a gun store in America. That's so foreign to us in Australia. Yeah, it's so ridiculous that people like guns. Disclaimer, we when we're in <laughs> great time. We great went time shooting guns. Shooting range. What did I shoot? What did I shoot? Again? We both shot um AR fifteens. Yeah, AR fifteen. Yeah. And then this is American as apple pie. And it was it was so, it was actually, you know. Sorry, this is a bit of a sidebar, but it was quite interesting <laughs> because we sort of went in there thinking of, you know, gun shooters as one. And, then, you know, it's important to keep that balance as one type of American, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. But women came in. All mix of people in yeah. there having a great Different afternoon. race, different yep. colour, um, you know, guns. different guns. <laughs> this guy, you remember that guy? This guy just comes in, like, he'd just been at work. Yep. We're just in there, like, shooting. I'm learning how we did like a literally five minute, you know, safety course. course, safety course. Like you guys know how to shoot a gun, right? Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Don't point it at your face. <laughs> yeah. And this yeah. guy comes in with his case and he's got, I don't even know what, I mean, we, we had a friend of ours on who would be able to tell straight away, but it was silver and gray. And I was- It looked terrifying. Point, terrifying. And he, he said, you guys want to try this? Like, you know- It points it at you. You what? want to try this? Well, not, not on the receiving end. <laughs> Try, try this motherfucker. <laughs> um, pulls out a cannon. Here, shoot this. <laughs> but I mean, it was it was like I think you know I think the point of it was like I don't I know that it's very especially people who haven't been to America here who are Australian who haven't been to the states so don't really have their head around the whole gun debate issue. Um, being in Texas kind of opened up my eyes and my conversations that it sparked between my friends yeah. um, just about what it means to own guns in america and what that freedom is referring to and mm. that you can go into that can last around two hours that conversation but i think it is uh the gun debate is one of those things which again of course polarizes um america and mm. you know it, it's very much so so whether those people who are lining up are lining up because they're in genuine fear yeah. for their safety because of what could potentially happen or they're doing it because they want to be part of an army yeah. to uh, you know Either way, it's terrifying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it definitely is. And I think the, the difference with the gun issue is that you will find gun advocates on both sides. It's not a red or blue, right or left thing. Yeah. I grew up in a, in a family of hunters. My uncle was taking me out going hunting when I was a kid, taught me, you know, how to shoot a gun, how to, how to hunt, um, you know, taught me how to be responsible and, and whatever else. I'm not against guns. I have no problem with guns. I have a problem with handing out guns to any idiot with a pulse and not having more restrictions, uh, you know, closing the loopholes that allow people to sell guns in the parking lot. Uh, you know, I, I feel like they should be registered just like everything else. You know, you, you got to get a license to drive a car. You should get a license to have a gun. Um, we just need better regulations around it. And I think we need to have some mental health checks. That there's, there's a lot of things that we could be doing. It's, it's way, 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 way too far past the point of no return to say we've got to get rid of guns. That will never, ever happen. And so what are our other options? And I think it's just we need to be a better society 
that's armed to the teeth. I mean, it's like, I don't, I don't know how we fix it, man. Um, but there's no way we're getting rid of it. Um, and again, and I don't think we should have to get rid of it. It's in our constitution and, you know, people will fight tooth and nail for it. So I'm like, fine, fine, but let's just be better. Let's, you know, the only, this is like super dark and morbid, but I'm going to take this left turn here real quick. The only upside to this whole COVID crisis is we haven't had a mass shooting since the whole thing started that I know of, you know, maybe there's been a a couple little ones here and there, but I mean, this was just like, you know, it was... Oh, it was happening so I think it during COVID when the uh, when the school lockdowns were happening that it was the first time, first week that there hadn't been a shooting in a school since 2018. The first that's just insane. That's insane. Incredible. So, that is something that is so such a regular occurrence that they could they could market like that. It took it. And in pandemic to stop weekly school shooting. And when you consider yeah. that no president for years has been able to do anything really about meaningful about stopping these school shootings, yeah. should in fact the Democrats have selected COVID-19 as the candidate. <laughs> <laughs> COVID 2020. It's been great for the stock market. <laughs> COVID 2020, got my vote. <laughs> and it's brought gun violence down. Yeah. No more school shootings. That's yeah. right. That's but I think- man. COVID 2020, kill them all, let God sort them out. Come up with an answer for you. (laughs) That's a good point because, look, I think it's really good that, you know, that you said, you know, you sort of discussed that because I think it's important that listeners need to know that, you know, you politically lean one way or your political views another, but it doesn't mean that, you know, you're anti-gun or, you know, it, it just shows you the grayness of it all, yeah. you know. And yeah. it I'm not even anti-Republican, I'm anti-Trump. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. if you go back to the roots of the Democrats and the Republicans and look at what they stood for when, when they were created, you see a vastly different view of what we have today. And so most level-headed Republicans that you talk to will say straight up, like, this is the Trump party, this is not the Republican party. I've got people in my family Family that have been lifelong Republicans and have denounced it and said, this is not me. This is not no. what I grew up with. And so I think we need to make it very clear here. As I said, in the very top of the show, I have a lot of very close friends that are Republican and I love them to pieces. And, you know, we might debate politics every now and then, but we never walk away hating each other. We laugh about it and, and we'll call each other names, but all in jest, you know, it's, it's not yeah. something that divided us like this anymore or uh, before. Now it's just really about Trump. If we get rid of Trump, Trump. Um, and I voted Republican in the past. I mean, there are definitely some Republican ideals that I can get on board with. I'm fiscally conservative. I'm socially very left-leaning. Um, I consider myself typically more moderate, left-leaning moderate. I probably consider way more left-leaning these days just because I'm so anti-Trump. But there are good things about both parties. And if we could just get over the stupidity of us versus them and just vote for the issues and disregard the parties, we'd be in a much better way as a country. Uh, are, your, are your friends, now talking of your friends who have, who are either a Republican and still will vote Republican slash Trump, is that what you're finding? Do you find they're going to be voting the same way? Lifelong Republicans and they're just going to stick with that. Yeah. Yep. Or do you feel like yeah, they're trying? Yeah, sadly, there there are some that will just not vote. They'll sit it out. Like maybe they, yeah. But there's actually, I don't know. Are you guys following like the Lincoln Project on uh, Twitter? No, no, no. Uh, yes. So, 
<laughs> you will now. Uh, the Lincoln uh, Project is a is a faction of, of former Republicans that have denounced Trump and denounced the Republican yeah, Party, and they're just full yeah. on anti-Trumpers. There are a number of those people. We're every day hearing, you know, lifelong Republicans that are going to vote for Biden just because they're so anti-Trump. Um, like big, big people. Um, former chairs from the Republican Party, uh, generals, like all kinds of people, they just want Trump out of office. So there are a number of folks that have jumped ship and some of them are gonna vote Biden, some of them are just not gonna vote. Um, you know, whatever it takes, man. We just, we just, he's a plague. We've got to get him out of office. You know, if you're a Republican, you got four more years. Let's try it again. Come up with somebody better. Yeah, <laughs> he's a plague. Meanwhile, I was suggesting that you make an actual plague. <laughs> no. <for Democratic. laughs> yeah, he's a plague while a plague is actually that's right, happening. That's right. There's plagues everywhere. Uh, oh, so, yeah. so Brian, do you have any friends who have converted to Trump during these four years? Oh, wow. Oh, fuck no. No. Okay, good. No. They were friends. They're not friends anymore. No, I'm kidding. I, I, don't, I don't know anybody that's gone that way. I do know people that were anti-Trumpers before, but have now, but they were still Republican. And now they've gotten on board with the Trump train just because everything is just so divided and just the, just the, the hyperbole and just the lies and the, the stupid shit all over the internet. Uh, just, you know, the foreign interference finally got to them and, you know, they believe that shit. And, it's tough, you know, because you want to slap them upside their head and say, dude, get your head out of your ass, man. This is just, it's all bullshit. Like, yeah. dig a little deeper. But it's its very much cultish behavior, man. It, you can't tell them shit. The same way you can't tell me that Trump is great, um, I can't tell them that he's horrible. Like, no one is listening. That's what the social dilemma was talking about, if you recall, which was about, you know, that we'll see one set of news, they see another yeah. set of news. And Depending on where you are and what your preferences are, yeah, you'll, you'll see whatever just resonates your own personal echo chamber. Yeah. yeah, and even if you could manage a nuanced half-hour discussion over a beer as to why this might not be a good idea, and an hour at home scrolling through Facebook, and they're going to have their yeah, stuff re-entrenched, reinforced. Yeah, absolutely. And let me tell you, getting off of Facebook in January was the best thing I ever did for my sanity. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, interesting. Interesting. No, so, yeah, uh, I'm, I realized fairly quickly that it was the source of all my anxiety. I mean, I could be having a great day and I'd get on Facebook and start you know, scrolling and seeing people just fucking being so ugly to each other. Yeah. And me, you know, because of my little temper and shit, like I have to jump in like somebody said some dumb shit. Well, I got to check them. Oh, yeah. man, such I, I was such a sucker for that bait. So. Uh, so I took it off my phone. I didn't get rid of my account. I just took it off my phone. I check it every now and then. And every, I've, I've probably checked it a dozen times since January. And 12 out of 12 times, I was like, fuck this shit. I am like, I get it, you know, 30 seconds later, I'm out. I'm just picturing that Pete Campbell character from the from the social dilemma, just looking at you and you've switched off from Facebook. How do we get him? And he's like, he's like, how do we get him back? Let me try rage baiting him. <laughs> Show him pictures of pizza. That always worked in the past. <laughs> Oh man! So Feed Brian, the hot ladies. If um, <laughs> if the Democrats aren't necessarily the whole salute, if if the political system at the moment is you know is kind of fucked at the moment, regardless, and and you really what you're trying to do is just you know fuck, let's just get this guy out and work it out later on. Is and this is a serious question: Is Kanye West the solution that America has been looking for? I'm going to say this as clearly and as seriously <laughs> as possible. Fuck Kanye West. 
Whoa! Wow! <laughs> yeah! Wow! He is our sponsor this week, isn't he? Uh, yeah, he is absolutely. Uh, is there Sorry, any... just pull the plug on all of our funding. Um, but then, what sort of celebrity is going to be president of America? Well, just future? just hold, hold, hold on, hold on. As I, I'm an avid Kanye West fan, are you? Um, I'm, I'm you the don't biggest, look it. I'm the biggest <laughs> Kanye fan on the podcast. <laughs> so tell me, tell me exactly why fuck Kanye? <laughs> okay, well let me let me back up a little bit. Fuck Kanye West in the. <laughs> In the current situation of I'm going to run for president and see if I can siphon some votes from Biden and usher another four years of Trump in, because ultimately, at the end of the day, that's what's really happening. Is that yeah. what he's doing? Oh, okay. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. No question. Anybody. I mean, you've got it. That's it's it's just like everything Trump does. It's it's a see through his glass. It's, you know, whatever he thinks, maybe he can siphon some of the black vote, get people to turn his way and just take some votes away from Biden just because he's Kanye West. I'm like, man, fuck you, clown. Now. Having said that, um, as far as Kanye goes as a hip hop artist, mad respect for what the man has done for the genre. I think without Kanye West, hip hop would have been stagnant for many, many years. I applaud the man for not being afraid to do some new shit. Um, he put out albums that completely failed and it didn't deter him. He went out, he did it again. He's got like cannonballs between his legs for like the chances that he takes and the, whether it's fashion or whatever. So in many ways I applaud him and I applaud what he's done for hip hop. Not a big fan of the man himself. I'm whatever. I push that aside. Um, but as far as what he's done for hip hop, yes, kudos. I applaud you kind sir. Now please dip the fuck out of this race. <laughs> I said it's good to see a you know a, a very balanced and nuanced view of his presidential run there, <laughs> but, uh, but at least it was a balanced and nuanced view of his of his hip hop career, which I which I agree is is one half of the reason I love the man. He did write and, a song yeah. called "Walks With Me," or whatever. yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. But, but the other half being that he's just a complete madman, and I love that. Yeah, I do love that. Don't say but, you, love you know, that. go go be a madman with all your millions. You know, whatever. Do your little church thing. Buy an island. I don't give a fuck what you do. Just stay out of the political race. Just like, come on, for That's real. Fair. That is fair. Also, also, just for the record, uh, he did walk out of his concert in Sacramento like three songs in because he got all butthurt about some shit and pulled a total bitch move. So fuck uh, Kanye for that. <laughs> Oh, so this is actually quite personal for you. Okay, it's quite, listen, the, there was a wound. It had a scab. You ripped it off. I'm bleeding. <laughs> oh, man. Love I love it. it. Okay. So sort of to wrap up, the, uh, do you guys have any? Hey. Well, there was, there was one last thing I want to bring up. And this is like, I, as someone who's quite concerned uh, about climate change and the future and how that's going to affect the planet, I always had this assumption that that would be something that brings us all together. We, we see a problem that affects the entire the entire world globally and we will work together to overcome that but what i'm actually seeing with uh, with coronavirus with covid-19 is that it's, it's it's the opposite it has been it has been politicized wearing a mask has been politicized uh, how it's been treated has been uh, you know this party's doing this thing well i disagree this party's doing that thing and i it really makes me feel very cynical and very sad about the future of humanity when we can't all work together together to get behind such a massive problem. Um, do you think there's anything that can happen that would actually make people stop and go, okay, well, let's stop fighting each other and start working together to overcome something? Yeah, that's a tough question. Um, if we can't believe the science, if we can't believe the scientists, um, if we are going to put political pressure over everything else um, and make this you know, about right versus left, um, we're kind of fucked. I don't know. I really don't know the answer to that. I think the really what has to happen is if somebody has to get back in office and say, hey, listen, we 
are nearing the point of no return with this. If we, we don't make some massive sweeping changes, uh, we won't have a place for our future generations to live. And when people can get on board with that, then I think maybe there's a chance for humanity. Um, but you know, the fact that wearing a mask is political, it just shows you how everything is so divided. It just, yeah. it's, it's just, it's sickening. It's, it's really sickening. Um, you know, we've got people over here like running around coughing on people and we've got uh, places that if you walk in with a the mask, they'll talk shit to you because they see that as you being a Democrat in, in a very Republican establishment. It's just, it's just dumb, man. I mean, it's, you know, bef before all this, if you wanted to wear a mask, people would look at you kind of crazy, but whatever, you know, they'd assume that you were sick or, or whatever. Idiocracy. Idiocracy is happening. Absolutely. Right? Like it just yeah. feels like just a massive brain drain. We need to have electrolytes. Yeah, and, the, and and I'm just waiting for the show Al My Balls to uh, to emerge on television, and it probably has. That actually sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah. It does. man gets it's done the balls by the ball. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It already out. But um, but yeah, I think my final question on the politics of it all, really, um, to to kind of close it out from my perspective, is is this. Um, I remember watching a Joe Rogan special a little a little while after uh, Trump got in. And he was referring to America as an entity that had just gotten out of a long, boring, stable, long-term relationship. <laughs> and now they're dating a whore. Yeah. Uh, and so my question is, um, your gut feel, Brian, because the betting odds are a tough one to yeah. go on, as we saw last time, but your gut feel, is America done dating the whore? Yeah, I think so. I hope so. Um, fun while it lasted, but you got to go. All it's, right. Uh, except... If except for the whole fun while it lasted thing, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I think hopefully enough people have come to their senses, and I mean we've just got to stop the bleeding. So I'm really hoping that people will show up. I'm really hoping that folks will do the right thing. I'm really hoping that we can get Trump out of office and then go prosecute his ass and throw him in jail. Not really like banking on that happening, but it would be a beautiful ending. Um, but let's just get some stability back. And again, you know, I don't think Joe Biden's going to be the be all end all. I think he's a good man. Um, you know, I don't really care to hear any more about all this bullshit with Russia or whatever. I mean, cause all these politicians are crooked to an extent. I just want to like stop the flow. Like, let's just kind of get back to some semblance of normalcy and let's get through Corona. Let's just let the country heal a little bit. Um, and, and I don't know, man, like, you know, in four more years, we'll try again. We'll put out our best candidate. They'll put out their best candidate and, yeah. and we'll see what happens. But this, this I, the chaos. Biden gets in, you distribute, you, you distribute chlamydia medication to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> like anybody who's had a real rough rebound relationship, you kind of you curl go. up in a ball and lick your wounds for a while. Yeah, yeah. Stay, stay home. home. Yeah, you cry. <laughs> randomly cry throughout the day gets your pants off <laughs> cigarettes everyone just starts smoking again fuck what the Whoa. fuck was that i just came out a real rough Whoa. relationship I, when, you uh, have, when you have that that moment of clarity you know four or five six months later where you're like what the fuck was i thinking mm -hmm. <laughs> well yeah. we'll see obviously we'll see and we you know we're gonna do part two of this we're, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go to some fun things now anyway brian so it's not the end of this this part but um, we'll see. We're gonna we're gonna check in with you again uh, in two weeks' time. Um, I don't like what you said to me yesterday, which was when we were practicing, which was uh, when we sort of did the, the run through, which was um, 
you hope you're not doing it from a bunker. Somewhere. From a bunker. <laughs> Just hits a little bit too. <laughs> a little close too close time. to possible. Yeah. <laughs> that. But um, I, I will make one comment about... Um, just for any one of your friends, Brian, that's listening, and it, you know, there's a look. There's first, okay, two things. One that you know it was fun while it lasted. Let's be honest. From an international community point of view, there's uh, been a. It's been a we've never last. had more memes. Don't forget the fly in Mike Pence's hair. Amazing, yeah, <laughs> amazing. Um, but honestly, four years of Trumpisms has been, yeah. and this isn't like. It, it's hard to explain to those who do support it. This isn't like. Uh, you're just mocking him because he, you're, you know, pro-Democrat or you're left-wing. No, no, no. This is like pure, like, even if I was, you know, even if I'm a Republican supporter or whatever. This, you he, appreciate the humour in it. He has provided us yeah. with incredible gold. Uh, he was a mockable character long before he was president. Oh, it's yeah. kept Alec Baldwin on the screen for four years. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> that's true. But, but him being president just meant we got more to mock. And then almost it's now four years into that and we're running out of, like... Well, now yeah. it's like, oh, it's the not just getting funny old. Anymore. I saw a great video when he was, elected, soon after he was elected, I don't know, it's not too long after that, which was, or maybe it wasn't even boy, it was when they realised this was a thing, which was yeah. this uh, try, like this this gang in Africa, yeah. obviously scary because it was about, you know, kids with guns. And mm-hmm. they, what they're doing is they're in like, you know, the desert somewhere and they give this monkey a gun and they're all laughing and the monkey's oh, holding the monkey, a gun. And then the monkey starts shooting. And the monkey starts working out the shooting. Running everywhere. In fear, that's kind of what it felt like. That was a yeah. great summary for the whole thing, which was like, "This is kind of cute and funny." Yeah. Oh shit! We get out of <laughs> Oh shit! He's got real power. Oh shit! Got a monkey with a gun. But, you know, that's, uh, you know, that is the, that Trump is the kind of guy who you could just see like going rather than lose, he just literally pushed the button. Yeah. And go so, well. Yeah, we're we're all losing. Yeah. Well, think about what he has to lose. It's not just about him getting out of office. Right now he's protected because he's a seated president. But as soon as he's out of office, then the, the, right? I think it's the Southern District of New York is going to come after him hard for yeah. a lot of the crimes that he's committed. If he gets back into office, the statute of limitations will expire by the time he's out of office. So it's not just his political, we'll call it quote unquote career, that's at stake. It's his livelihood. So yeah, but this is interesting. Remember the Simpsons? This is America. We don't put our celebrities into jail. We don't care about these things. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. Trump's Trump's yeah. Trump's Trump's very own prison and golf course. But I, I want to say, from an international community point of view, to any of your friends who don't think Trump lies or bullshits, just have a look at back in mid-August, Donald Trump, because this is obviously close to to home for us. Donald Trump in sort of defending his attitude towards coronavirus uh, said to, you know, go and have a look at New Zealand because New Zealand is the big surges in yeah, New big Zealand. Spike. Big spike. Oh, yeah. big spike <laughs> I want anyone who's thinking whether that was actually true to go look on any data site you want and look at what that big spike was. And he used that in a, in a, in a, in a rally or in a, in a conference with, you know, the, with, you know, the nation watching. They thought they were doing the right thing. And look at them now, look big spike. Now. <laughs> Idiots, yeah. bunch of losers. Oh, four people, is that all it was? It was, it was oh, maybe a bit more than that, but it was, it yeah. was, it was tiny. Single digits. Yeah. yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, stunk. Oh, stunk. We've got, we've got so Corona, great. bro. <laughs> but that's, that's the thing though, man. It doesn't isolate, bro. matter. It just doesn't matter. But and I think- but That's when you say it doesn't part. matter, like I, I feel like a lot of the times it doesn't matter because there's no way for them to fact check in a way. Maybe they can. 
No, no, they can, dude. There is video of every contradiction that he has ever made. Anytime he's contradicted himself, you can put him side by side and it doesn't matter, dude. I mean, I don't, I think you are underestimating the level of just absolute insanity we're dealing with here. It, it doesn't matter. I mean, he could say the most outlandish shit and somebody will be like, you just don't understand his heart. I'm yeah. like, yeah. Uh, no, I'm just That's listening exactly to the right. words coming out of his mouth. And they'll, and they'll say, oh, you're just taking the, the you know, mainstream media spin. I'm like, no, I'm just listening to what he's saying. Just coming right out of his mouth. Yeah. Well, we were watching his... Um... We were watching his uh, his his um, rally in Ohio today, and 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 I thought, and we were talking about this before. We thought, like, you know, he's, you know, I'm not gonna, I want to listen, I want to watch his speech. I want to actually, because you know, obviously, we usually take what he says through media, through some sound sort of bites, sound bites, yeah. and watched it, and and it was worse than just taking through the sound bites. I mean, he just waffles numbers and words and puts them into sentences which sometimes aren't even sentences mm. and people cheer it and it's just you're kind, of, you're kind of making him sound like me in this moment that's fine you're not the president of the united states so you're forgiven that's right that's so right. i guess the question is you know for those that are i mean there is to me regardless of if there are any good things that are coming out of it there's you're losing a part of your soul like yeah. you, you you're not losing a part of your soul you're you're compromising just good, wholesome, decent values. Um, to some Absolutely. Mm. And that sadly is the truth. And unfortunately, if that's the case, well, that's just, that's just the case. And we just have to see what happens in a week and a half's time. Yeah. You know, 30, 30 years from now, when your grandchild sits on your lap and says, did you vote for Trump? You're going to have to come up with an answer. And depending on how that grandchild has been raised, they're either going to see you as an absolute idiot or they're going to see you as on the right side of history. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, there's there's more to come. Um, more to come. You, the, the the biggest winner in all of this though, in the, the last three and a half years, is the late night talk show host because they've mm. just been given a treasure trove of material really to lead it. off with every yeah. single night. It, absolutely. Although I watched last week tonight with John Oliver, and and it was great for a while, and then it just becomes it's kind of depressing. And it's like it's I can't anymore. Scary. Yeah. You just like, you can't anymore. Yeah, I just yeah, can't yeah. anymore. Yeah. 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 You know, and again, it's not whether he's done, maybe he's done some good things and it's not necessarily against, you know, uh, uh, not from a political point of view, but just from a like, as the president of the United States, this, there should, the, the, the standards should be high. Yeah, absolutely. If you really want to be seen as a, the leader of the free world and, you know, again, regardless of, of whether you believe or didn't believe, whether Barack Obama, not all, no politicians are perfect. And regardless of whether you went Barack Obama, you can't say he wasn't a leader in his own way. Uh, you know, that's the thing. Whereas, Not at all. Big, I, I mean, night and day how... difference. Uh, I mean, the reality is, here's the thing. I mean, has Trump done some good things? He's probably done some good things, okay? If we go through his record, there are probably things that he's done that have helped some people, whatever. Um, but in taking that and saying, well, look at all this good stuff, you can't just ignore all the bad. That's like saying, yeah, well, exactly. Hitler killed 6 yeah. million people, but look at how many people he didn't kill. Yeah. You know, it's like, you can't, you can't yeah. twist it like that. You have to really look at what has he actually done. And yeah. when the bad so grossly outweighs the good, you just, you really have to just make a judgment call and say, what kind of person am I? What kind of person do I want my children to be? You know, what, what uh, example am I making here? And truthfully, 
really like in my heart of hearts, the thing that bothers me the most about that is just the lack of empathy, just the, the blatant, just hatred and ugliness that, you know, people are seeing from the leader of our country. Like, I don't want my kids to see that shit. And just, uh, you know, we've got to be better. We've got to treat each other better. We can't be at war with each other. Um, you know, we, we are all countrymen here. We're all Americans. Um, and you know, yeah, I, I was thinking back to 9-11, um, on 9-11, and it's, it's sad to me to think that, you know, we could look at that day and be like, hey, those were the good old days back when we all banded together and, you know, for, you know, however long, a, a week, a month, a year, whatever, we were all American. Um, that was a very dark day in history, but to think back and say, hey, we were united at least. Yeah. That's, that's pretty sad. Absolutely. And that's what I think. The number one thing that I say to anybody who's getting caught up in the fear machine, because even here, not just in American politics, like the social media networks and, and, and the media as a whole is just beaming fear into us all the time. Well, it sells papers. Because it, it sells papers. It sells yeah. clicks, yeah. And, and whether, you're, whether you're Republican, Democrat, whether you're Trump or not Trump, like get your head out of your phone, yeah. you know, spend some time with your family, spend some time with your friends, get out of that world of being told what to think and what to do and look around and go, actually, is it okay out here? Yeah. And remember that 99% of the population, aside from a few really out there psychopathic actors, are just people who want the best for themselves and their family. They want food in their belly. They want shelter. And they want to be able to live a good life. And, and yes, you might disagree on exactly what that looks like, but what, what every human wants is actually quite similar. Yeah. And... Sure. You know, we've got a, you know, our culture here in Australia is different, but not dissimilar to, to the US. Um, it's a bit calmer over here, thankfully. But yeah, just get your head out of your phone and look up around the world and have some compassion for those around you. And, just and on that, Phil, go from there. we've just, we've just, get, we're at about month six, seven of the perfect conditions for isolation, mm. for being separated from yes. your friends, your family, yes. people that might talk sense to you, where yes. all you really have sometimes has been your phone, has been the mm. internet, and it's been your little echo chambers and your personal online bubbles yes. that has been breeding this kind of fear. Because yeah, that's true. We, see it, we see it in Melbourne, it's, it was here for a while, it's certainly over in, in Europe, in, in the US really as well, where people are just in this position where you can't do that. You can't yeah. spend time with your friends and your family, you can't have a bar Solid point. get out over a yeah. beer because everyone yeah. has this, this existential fear of a pandemic yeah. on top of that individual fear about what my future is going to look like under this, this person or that party or whatever. Sure. Yeah, that's a fair point. Well, it's, it's funny. Double down. Yeah. It's, it's funny on that note, if you think about it, what, is, what are the two things that you say should never be discussed? They say politics and religion. I'm like, yeah. these are the two things that should have always been discussed. Are <laughs> yeah. you kidding me? Like, yeah, because you're going to offend I, someone or, yeah. 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 but that's i mean that's but that's what we're living in is we're so afraid of offending people like no one actually wants to talk no one is communicating but that point of us being isolated and in a pandemic that is so valid because i mean really my my internet usage is just through the roof you know you get that little um that little guilt check every week from your phone that says oh, your yeah. online usage was up 186 percent this week you're like oh fuck my entire life uh, <laughs> those are those are great numbers brian <laughs> yeah great the They're biggest the numbers number. <laughs> the biggest numbers we have the most internet usage um, it's it's so true though it's you know we're all just staring at our phones because we cannot connect with people any other way so it's it's a perfect storm man and it's you know it's a 50 50 uh i would love to say there's no question biden's getting in trump is done i don't believe that for a minute well in 10 days time we're gonna we're gonna know and, and i think just sort of to wrap it up i 
I go back to, I remember just after Trump had gotten in, Dave Chappelle did a great opening uh, sequence on Saturday Night Live. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he said, uh, you know, he did his usual thing, but one of the lines he said was, um, you know, after this, I'm going to go to the back and I'm just going to grab a girl by the pussy because boss says it's okay. (laughs) And I think... You know, I think no. anyone who's, in a, you know, if any of your friends who are thinking, you know, again, you, you're right, Brian, it's probably not going to do make any anything. No. But when we're talking about the man who's, you know, going to, you know, lead America, who sits in the, in the Oval Office, and he said that, and, yeah. uh, you know. But those people will look at the point of videos and say, oh, but did you see that video of Joe Biden of smelling the children of and, t- and touching them inappropriately? Of course because that's really in their bubble. That's right. That's right. Yeah. But I think at the end of the day, you know, that's right. It's not going to change anything. But, you know, I think we're seeing more extreme than we've ever seen. And I think that way the, more the, polarizing the, ever before. Exactly. Yeah. So the, the, the bar has been set quite low. And let's just see if it can at least go a little bit higher. I look at it like this, man. If, if I see, if I'm if I'm driving down the road and I see a wicked car accident happen in front of me, I'm jumping out of my car. I'm running up to that car. I'm taking care of whoever is in that accident. I'm calling the for help. I'm pulling them out of the car. I'm doing whatever I'm having to do. I'm not stopping to ask them, "Are you a Republican?" Yeah. I'm, you know what I mean? Because yeah. at the end of the day, it's it's all about taking care of each other. That's what it needs to be about. Um, I don't care which way you lean right or left. If your life is in danger, I'm going to do whatever I can to save your ass. And, and I think if, is, we is need to, we need to get back to that. America is the burning car. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. America is the burning car. Yeah. And we just all have to think about like, what would you do? Uh, would you not help that person because of their political leanings? Yeah. No, you're going to do what's right. So let's just get back to doing what's right. Do you want to finish on a couple of lighter? Yeah, yeah, we're so, gonna, so, that's what we're going to do. It's, uh, so let's have a, <laughs> a bit of an intense conversation. Let's have a, well, That was the point of this. Obviously, our podcasts are a lot more lighter usually. We just want to uh, do a quick shout out to our sponsors of the day, which is absolutely. Uh, cheers, beer. cheers, gentlemen. Cheers. We've been drinking Budweiser, the king of beers. Yeah, and uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> and we just like to hear a little bit from Brian about how he feels about Budweiser. And Brian, <laughs> we had, we wanted to get a genuine beer that we know you love. <laughs> first of all you guys have horrible taste uh but but let me explain as i've i've already finished my cider um i will i'll give you my story about budweiser so when i was a kid my great grandmother always had budweiser in her refrigerator budweiser she sounds like a, so, she sounds like a stand-up lady <laughs> yeah well shit i mean you gotta have beer for entertaining please um <laughs> For those unaware, I'm half Mexican. Um, Budweiser is still very big. Budweiser and Bud Light, very big in the Latin American community, Mexican community especially. Um, so growing up, there was always Budweiser in my my great grandmother's refrigerator, which happened to be in the basement. So my cousins and I would sneak down there and we'd grab a beer and we'd pop it open and thought we were such badasses down there drinking beer like grownups and shit. I don't know how old I was, but I was young. Um, that was quite possibly the last time I ever actually enjoyed a Budweiser. So, <laughs> We're enjoying it right now on your behalf, Brian. That was, that was well, cool. thanks, Brian. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you this: if if Budweiser is the only thing being served, I'm the first hand to shoot up when they ask who's the designated driver. <laughs> that I, is I a had, hard I, pass. I, it wasn't. I was in the Czech Republic 
uh, back when I back ah, through Europe. Budweiser Budvar? Wasn't that, didn't American Budweiser, the American Budweiser kind of steal it from the Czech Republic? Was it from the Czech Republic? So I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Oh, yeah. it was, yeah. I would hate to think that that was their crowning Bud beer there. The Budweiser original. Yeah, but, but a... It's called Budweiser Budvar. Yeah, which is and where I think they, they the rest lost some sort of legal battle. And America Wasn't that tried. in that documentary you watched Beer Fest? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Classic <laughs> piece of cinema. <laughs> All right, Brian, some quick questions. We're going to shoot out some quick questions. Let's not delve into these, but these are key questions that I think we need to know, and we've got a few of them here. Even one point. Well, have you got one first, Adzo? Yeah, I, I've got one. Every time I go to California, I generally go through LAX, and every single time I get pipped by customs who want to take it a little further than I'm comfortable with. What is it <laughs> of just getting waved through? Yeah, no, nah, he's fine. Wave him through. Like, what, what am I doing wrong? Obviously, you look like a criminal. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah. you, you know, if, if oh, yes. along my lines of... Born in a bad action movie. We brought it in. <laughs> Along my lines of fuck everything, we'll say, we'll add fuck LAX to that list. Uh, horribly run airport, so don't take it personally. They hate everybody. There you go. Say that. Just don't okay. take it personally. So there's, there's no yeah. trick to it. You just uh, no. They, they uh, just legit hate the everybody. It is my least favorite airport in California to travel through. All right. Okay. Uh, in and out Burger. Is it still the best burger in California? Because whenever you go to California, they go like, ah, eh, it's not that good. Man. You really put me on the spot here. There's a, I am in great danger of losing my Californian card here. I'm going to say, nope. Um, wow. I'm all on board with Fat Burger. So next time you're in town, Fat Burger. Can, can you imagine like the, I mean, I guess maybe nowadays, but can you imagine just a company just went Fat Burger? Like, yeah. <laughs> what's our name? Boss? That's the ultimate disclaimer. Fat Burger. It's the ultimate disclaimer, yeah. 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 Yeah, somebody yeah. thinks you caught 10 years from now like they try to do with McDonald's. And yeah. They're like, it was it's in the name, bro. Yeah. It's <laughs> in the name. It, they didn't call it Skinny Burger. Did you think you were going to lose weight by eating this? <laughs> well, you know, they, apparently Five Guys is opening up in Australia next year. Is Five yes. Guys still oh. a thing in America? Yeah, Five Guys is around. They're fine. It's, you know, it's whatever. They're <laughs> fine. It's not a glowing endorsement, but it's also not a combination or anything. It's 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 fine. Fat Burger, man. Next time you're here, Fat wow. Burger. Fat Burger is the bomb. Oh, and if you're in LA, try Tommy's. Tommy's is old school. Get some chili fries. Throw some peppers on that. Mm-mm. One day when one day when the borders open again, we yeah. might just give that a bell. We'll just pop now, yeah, that. yeah. Wow. If you could travel again. The the question that's been boiling on my mind is that with the impending civil war on its way, <laughs> uh, what is <laughs> What is being done to protect the supply lines of the of America's most vital export, the peanut butter cup? <laughs> <laughs> the, the what? Reese's, the Reese's peanut, peanut butter, butter cups. cups. Oh, the peanut butter cups. I thought you said peanut butter cup. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck is that shit? Um, what kind of keep that is a good question. And, and I am actually also interested in knowing more because to me, peanut butter and chocolate is the best thing since sliced bread. I, that is yeah. just like, that is crack for me. Anything peanut butter and chocolate, I'm 100% all in. Honestly, if you distributed a, a couple of packs of those to every American, I think everybody might calm the fuck down. You've got Reese's peanut butter cups. That's right. <laughs> readily available. It's the greatest creation of the greatest society. Great leveler. How hard <laughs> can your life be? Take a bite. Chill the fuck out. <laughs> man, it, that's good stuff, man. Like peanut butter and chocolate. I swear to God. I mean, that'll settle people down. Let's Speaking just of peanut butter. Take Speaking a bite. Butter, uh, Brian, we need to. I've heard on. I've heard through another thing that there's a whiskey, a peanut butter whiskey called Screwball, and um, 
you need to taste, you need to get a bottle of that before we chat next and tell us what it's like. Cause we all, you we're know all what? I heard all about in. it. I heard about it. My love for peanut butter says, go ahead and give it a go. Yeah. My love for whiskey says, what the fuck are you actually thinking? Uh, <laughs> so I might have to meet in the middle. I might have to meet in the middle because um, these are two of my favorite things. So I might need you to ship me a bottle, bro. We might have to do that, man. Yeah. I'll try it first. And I find it, if I find it to be just absolute blasphemy, then I will not Put send it. Put some chocolate sprinkles on top, mate. You'll love it. I mean, you know, <laughs> there's got to be some way to dress it up. Give us a mini American hold my beer review from your end yeah, and then wow, stick it yeah. in the mail and we'll do it on our end. Done. Love yes, it. I like where that's right going. Yeah. Uh, Are you guys whiskey drinkers? Oh, no, you're big time. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. man. Okay. All right. That'll be a topic for another day. Yeah. One final pet peeve from me. Um, what's the deal with not having the goddamn tax on the price when you go into a 7-Eleven? <laughs> if I'm in there and I'm trying to like get snacks for a road trip... <laughs> <laughs> I've got, I've got the, the rope licorice, the red licorice. I've got a couple of things of those little mid thins. And like, and suddenly they're trying to charge me an extra 12 and a half percent. And I'm using cash because I don't I haven't figured out how to do international banking yet. And I have to put half of my half of my junior mints back. It really makes me feel insecure. So can you, can you just sort it out, mate? I just want to know exactly how much I'm spending when I go to the shops. Yeah, I don't have a good answer for you, man. Um, most, I, I would say, to be 100% honest, I would say probably most Americans don't even exactly know what their sales tax is at, at any given time because this shit goes up and up and up. And I think we just kind of uh, stopped asking a long time ago. We just pay whatever the man says the charges. I think it's because, like, I think I, my theory on that is, like, if something's, like, nine ninety nine, you go, all right, sweet, nine ninety nine. I'll take that. And then yeah. you're, like... Oh, yeah, exactly. like 10, 10 26 yeah oh, but you're too late then you're fucking committed <laughs> well yeah but then to add a, in another layer of fuckery here is not everything is taxed so if i go buy i think it's like ice cream or whatever there's no sales tax on ice cream i don't know why there's no tax on ice cream so that was the problem you were going for the red licorice guys are going for all the wrong sweets gentlemen every time you're road tripping and you're looking for a snack yeah, cost yeah. effective is ice cream ice cream yeah. in fact I'm, ice cream. I'm gonna do that here and i'm gonna take a 10 percent discount so i'm not paying gst on this get out of here <laughs> i was about to say maybe marijuana isn't taxed i'm like no way they legalize oh that's taxed to the hill yeah, <laughs> that yeah, was yeah. why they legalized taxes. yeah yeah they've, they've taxed it so much everybody's going back to the black market phil has a very important question for you i, I, I do look the, the podcast and and by the podcast i, I mean me uh, <laughs> has, a, has a very great fondness for sizzler um, which is almost dead here. It's closing down out of Australia, the last five stores packing, packing up shop in mid-November. Uh, why is it still alive in America? <laughs> well, first of all, let me stop by saying, if you look at Sizzler as a great steakhouse, <laughs> then I understand why you like Budweiser. <laughs> okay, so let's be clear. Let's be clear. There's two reasons to go to Sizzler in Australia at the very yeah. least, which is cheesy toast and chocolate mousse, and steak has nothing to do with it. Adam and I... <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I have been through this, this. And, and it's best. It's a bit of a sore point. So it's best we don't bring that up again. But uh, why is it still <laughs> in America? I, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't been no in idea. a Sizzler since probably 1976. Um, <laughs> longevity alone basically yeah it's just it stuck it out man it weathered <laughs> the storm and for whatever fucking reason it's still around do you guys have outback or is that an american thing that, that was gonna be my next question we uh, this now the next uh an hour hour and a half of the podcast <laughs> you asking us all the questions you want about outback steakhouse <laughs> 
I want to know, is Foster's really Australian for beer? It is, yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're from Queensland, Max, so I'm not at all surprised by that answer. Uh, I am a heathen, so whatever. Foster's, is, is, is Foster's good beer to you? No, no. It, it, it tastes okay. a lot like Budweiser. You, you can't so it. next time, we should just do this. Next time, you guys crack a Bud, I'll crack a Foster's, and we'll just all suffer equally. I don't even know we can I like buy that. Fosters anymore. Yeah, you can't really buy Foster. Okay, so if any of your friends I mean, listen to this, you can't buy Foster's here. It's just an international export only. Yeah. They know Australians won't drink it. Yeah. To be honest, I don't even know if you can buy Foster's here. I haven't bought that shit since yeah. like 1979. Yeah. Probably, and that's probably left over right. from 1979. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, the reality is it's not a... Foster's isn't a drink, really. That I, I, <laughs> Foster's isn't a drink. drink. <laughs> so that's how I feel about Budweiser. So now you guys get it. We've come full circle. But we're, we are currently drinking Budweiser. Uh, I know. Yeah, we're having a love affair with this beer. We think it's a fantastic export of America. Oh, man. Uh, you remember, uh, Tristan, you remember Wataru, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah, yeah. So the first time he came the to Japanese, California. The yeah, yeah. From Japan. Yeah. yeah. Um, he, we went to the bar together and he ordered a Budweiser. And I'm like, pause. I was like, Wataru, why are you ordering Budweiser? <laughs> and he was like, this is great American beer. And I'm yeah. like, my friend, we have so much to teach you. Come. <laughs> Under my wing, let me take you in and school you in the ways of drinking in California. Well, actually, one of the great things about one of the great, actually, to be you know, to more serious front of it, and one of the great exports that you guys have given to us in the world is maybe it's not necessarily just from you, but certainly has been a big thing over there is the development of the craft brewery, the craft beer. Absolutely. Um, and I think you guys sort of started doing that a long, long time ago, and it's yes. that sort of wave has taken over, and we're in Australia, we're seeing the the rise and rise of really micro brews, craft brews. And I think the yeah. sad, not sad thing, but the, the thing we're seeing a lot here and probably also mostly in the US is the big companies like Budweiser actually buying oh, a lot of craft up. brews, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So like you kind of look at the fine details and you see like, wow, this is a little, yeah. you know. <laughs> but, but when I look at that, so, so that was happening with the Australian craft brews for a while. And, and in the end, it's like, as long as they keep making the beer with that consistent thing, I find usually where they keep the brewers on, it's all good. Yeah. Whereas if they if they if they buy it and let the brewers go, it slowly just becomes this kind of generic brew. Like yeah. Foster's again. But I you but right <laughs> go full circle. That's right. It's full circle. Foster's we, yeah, it's a crap. I love brew. going full circle on this podcast. But <laughs> I, I, you'll be very pleased to know, Brian and both of you boys, that I, I was in the bottle shop and I picked up the Budweiser and then I walked past um uh, it was one of the Sierra Nevada. Oh yeah, pale. Which is and I near, to myself, near, near Brian. It's really close to Brian. I thought it's yeah, really close. Yeah, to Brian. Chico. Very in alignment with the podcast, but I got the Budweiser for the lols. <laughs> <laughs> sold out, man. You sold out. We were doing yeah, so well. I did. I sold out for the funnies. Yeah, we Brian. Yeah. We know that Budweiser is. Uh, we know how you guys feel about Budweiser and so on. But it actually is kind of cool. We do you, Sierra Nevada. We can get in. Uh, oh, yeah. In in in, in a lot of the bottle stores here as well. Yeah. So um, yeah. it was Carl Strauss. Well, beer there. is beer is the new wine. So there is no great shortage, and there's also a bunch of shit out there. Um, I, I try to try new things and expand my palate, and then there's some garbage out there, but. Uh, there's a lot of great craft beer uh, here. Yeah, a lot, a lot of, of great breweries. Pabst Blue Ribbon. PBR. Listen, PBR. PBR has its place cool. in the world, yeah, yeah. and it's usually you know watching a soccer match, and you're already drunk and you don't care anymore. So yeah, whatever. I'll, I'll slam a PBR during a, a good, a good uh, bout with footy. 
Is there any other way to take a PBR or do you have to slam it? it. it. (laughs) No, you have to drink it while it's cold. Otherwise, it tastes like piss. The funny thing about PBR is that I know the marketing manager for the company that imports PBR here. Amazing. PBR is an expensive drink here. Yeah, Yeah, it's like really. Back. Yeah, of course it is because anything that's in it's like when it, it's the same as Foster's or like Yellowtail wine in America. Like you go there, and it's like we've got a fine Australian bottle of Yellowtail. It's like four dollar plonk over here. <laughs> four dollar plonk in America is a sophisticated thirty five dollar bottle. You know, if you're lucky. no, not in California, bro. Like uh, Yellowtail was like the the six to eight dollar bottle for the longest time. Hold on, that's before tax though. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, after tax is thirty five bucks. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere between thirty and thirty-nine bucks, and Adam's just getting anxious. Breaking into a sweat. And I know like when, when we can um, travel again. Hold, let me just finish my thought. When we can travel yeah. again, I need all of you to come on a plane. Come here. We'll go watch a sporting event, assuming that we can all gather in public again, and we'll get two-dollar PBR tall boys, and you'll feel like you've like just died and gone to heaven because that it's so cheap. Amazing. Let's do that. Oh, I'm a challenge. Traveling, international travel, drinking beer again. <laughs> I Being actually friends. Honestly, stadium beer. I got half a chub at the idea of that. Hello. Pop the semi. And now the boys are looking a little uncomfortable. Yeah, exactly. But I stand up. Everybody moved to the other side of the room. No, seriously. <laughs> um, oh, no. Brian, to go back to your listeners who might be, you know, uh, wondering about, to go back to uh, the Outback Steakhouse, I know <laughs> from my travels that the big, the big um, sort of item that they talk about in movies and TV shows is the Bloomin' Onion. Which I yeah. believe is like a deep, deep fried, fried onion. onion, and you've got a little yeah. dipping sauce next to it, and it's got as many calories as you're supposed to consume in like a week. Absolutely. Can I tell you that at no restaurant or anywhere I've been to in Australia has such they a product have, available? <laughs> such a product available. <laughs> so there's no not, bloody blooming onions. <laughs> not to disappoint, but it doesn't <laughs> exist over here. So good. This is not Sorry. authentic Australian cuisine. Um, well, I don't know. Funnily enough, no, but it does sound kind of okay. I'm keen to try it. I've yeah. always wanted to try Bloomin' Onion. Yeah. Yeah, listen, just, after a night of drinking, it's not the worst thing in the world. But again, I haven't been to Outback since I can remember. No, when we go to America, we usually go to traditional American restaurants like Hooters um, or the Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Just get a massive plate of food and eat until you go into a coma. It's actually... Uh, the last meal I had in America last time I was there was a DoorDash delivery from the Cheesecake Factory. Oh, wow. So, did they pull up in a truck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they did. And I just opened my mouth. <laughs> Here's your ribs, half a side. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like the, like the, exactly. It's like the Simpsons episode. And now the fad sweep in America, wasting food. <laughs> Chucking a chicken in the bin. <laughs> I can't tell you how many fams I had where the food would come out and everybody in the group would just be wide-eyed like, holy shit, you guys actually eat this much? <laughs> I'm like, have you heard the word obesity crisis? Uh, nah, that's it. That's tomorrow's problem, my friend. That's another one. They, yeah. get, to, they get to taste it themselves. Yeah. All right, my friend. Well, I think unless anyone has anything else, no. I think oh, we'll, uh, we'll wrap up our American special part one. The Americans um, return. As Americans are in the house. Um, we will uh, reconvene in two weeks' time. In what's left of the country. <laughs> yeah. Ash <Yeah>. <laughs> As I tune in, all you hear is... Ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta. <laughs> God. 
That's my son just defending the house. Don't worry about that. You'll hear it often. <laughs> All right, Amigo. Well, you take care of uh, your family, your friends. Go out, go out there and vote. If you haven't done it, go out there and vote. That's what you see all the time. I yeah, vote. God yeah, damn yeah. right. I don't care what side you're on. Go out and vote. Just vote. All right, brother. Well, this Absolutely. is great. Much love, brother. All right. all right, boys. Look forward to reconvening. Later, dude. Bye-bye. Take Peace. care. Bye.